Star Trek, our favorite frontier. These are the podcasts of Aaron and Polly, their ongoing mission to explore all things Trek, to seek out cool things and pick them apart, to boldly complain as no one's complained before. And this is Paul. Welcome back to Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. And Paul, what? I have an update. Oh. You remember how when we spoke last, I talked about the very, very awful Will Wheaton audiobook. <laughs> yes. And if you'll recall, yes, I do. if you'll recall, I said that I had two hours left and I would be done. You know, of this twenty-plus-hour book. This audio book. I had two hours left. You remember me saying that? Yes. That was wishful thinking on my part, Paul. In reality, I had six hours left. Oh, God. <laughs> Did you finish it? Ask me how much I have left, Paul. Two hours? Two hours. I've got two <laughs> hours left. <laughs> oh, has, it, has it gotten any better? In no. The- <laughs> no. God, it's terrible. God, that's a long time investment into something you don't like. It is really awful. <laughs> really awful. The things that I like about it, I like a lot, but boy, the rest of it is just, just awful. And, and, the, and the main reason that it's just awful is he just repeats himself all the time. All the time. I don't know how he had an editor on this thing that didn't say, okay, well, we got a bunch of stuff we have to cut because uh, it's so repetitive. Uh, I, I'm sure he didn't have an editor. He says he did. He did, but uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah. what they all say. I, I think it's I think it's pretend editor. <laughs> yeah, that editor was overpaid. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So you know, yeah. Aaron, it, it occurs to me it's not on our outline. Uh oh. I know, but I feel like our 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 listenership demands it. Oh dear. We didn't. Well, are you all caught up on 1923? Oh, my God. 1923. It's so good. Yes, I am we, finished on 1923. So, dear listener, we don't really. Right before the podcast, Aaron's like, do we have anything to talk about other than Picard <laughs> episode three, 17 seconds? I'm like, nah. <laughs> we, we are two things into things we didn't talk. We didn't pre-discuss. We're, we're, we're winging it. Um yeah, but you know, we talk about Yellowstone on this podcast because it's you know Paramount Plus adjacent, and well, and that this is our backdoor pilot to Jellystone, yes, the Taylor exactly. Sheridan podcast with Aaron and Polly. Well, before we get into that, I noticed the other day that something said Showtime is now available on Paramount Plus. Is that an accurate assessment? Do you know? Uh, yeah, the you know because Showtime and Paramount Plus are merging. You'll, you'll no longer have the independent Showtime app. Ah. Uh, and that's also why your Paramount Plus bill is about to go up. Oh, okay. Well, you know. Yeah. Because that seems like a great idea. But, you know, I, here's my thing is I used to, I mean, up until about two months ago, I had the Showtime app and I discontinued it because I never used it. I, there's nothing over there I watch. Uh, I picked it up because my wife likes that show Dexter and they had the yeah. the final season reboot thing. And so she watched that. But, uh there's nothing over there I watch. Well, now you can watch American Gigolo. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pass on that. You're going to pass on the Gigolo? If it was, um, you know, 
Punisher gigolo. Maybe that would be the, the thing. <laughs> well, how do we know it's not? John Bernthal's in it. He well, might I, be I, punishing. Why can't... <laughs> I would think that the word <laughs> Punisher would... some ass, I, is what he's I, doing. I would think that the word Punisher would appear somewhere in the title. No, I think it's... it's American it's, Gigolo, it's, colon, a Punisher story. <laughs> a Punisher story. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, so Paramount Plus... It, I'm, I'm looking. You know, Paramount Plus actually has some decent stuff on it lately. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got the new Top Gun movie. They just put that Babylon movie that I'm I have a curiosity about mm-hmm. with Brad Pitt. But that's good because there is no active Yellowstone show. Well, I guess there is a Taylor Sheridan show in Mayor of Kingstown, but I'm behind on that. I am halfway through season two. I haven't even started season two. We'll have to. I'll have to get caught up. We'll have to get. We'll we'll, have, we'll discuss that on the future. I, it was all I could do not to call you over the weekend when I watched the most recent episode. It's like, oh no, he hasn't even started yet. Is it good? Is it good? Yeah, no, it's good. But I, there was there's a there's a, there a moment it was like, oh, you know. But I wanted to talk to you, and you know, I can't because you know you're so far behind. I'll get caught up. You're so remedial, is what I mean. Oh well, it's like eight episodes. I got yeah. really got to get caught up. Yeah, but. I have time because now my Sunday nights are are free because 1923 has ended for the season. You know, I had predicted that uh, this season would end with Spencer walking on to the ranch and that being it. I wouldn't get to see any ass kicking. And I was wrong. You were wrong. He's nowhere near her. (laughs) He is is still way out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. So, or whatever ocean he's in. Yeah, he's he's still on the other side of the world. He's yeah. nowhere near the ranch. Yeah, yeah, he is. Which you know, I I will say I'm I'm a little um. Well, I, let me preface this by saying I actually quite enjoyed this first season of 1923. Um, but this but episode eight, the season finale, left me in a place where I, I was I was pretty pissed. And why like, is that? Because I'm like, this is stupid. Like it's a prequel. Just give me a complete story. Just give me thirteen. <laughs> just give me a thirteen episode complete story. Why are right. you giving me eight episodes that literally resolved nothing? Right. Nothing has been resolved. There, it's not like most shows where this first season ends and some stories are resolved and new threads are set up. No, literally nothing has been resolved. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, most things aren't even close to a resolution. <laughs> No, so, you're, you're you're right. I mean, we're going to spend another eight episodes or, or more uh, with Sp- Spencer getting to the ranch and you know kicking ass, and then waiting for his wife to show up, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. And it, you know, if if the first season was any indication, he's not even fifty percent there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe but it's going to be three show. seasons before he makes it back. To the <laughs> it might be. I mean, they might really be planning for a long haul. It'll be yeah. nineteen twenty-eight. Yeah. By the time the show ends. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, you know, while I hated the conflict between Spencer and um, his wife's ex-fiance, yeah, so satisfying to see him throw that guy over the rail. Oh, he tossed him off the bridge. <laughs> he's like, oh, it was an accident. Yeah, I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to flip him <laughs> over my shoulder. <laughs> Off the deck of a cruise ship. Yeah, I mean, he he might as well have spiked the ball. I mean, it was just yeah, <laughs> very good. satisfying. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it, I, I I really enjoyed 1923, and you know, like we said, with uh, now we've got Mayor of Kingstown is is probably I think wrapping up in the next one or two episodes, maybe. Yeah, yeah it doesn't have much left. But I one more thing about 1923 that I'll say is as if. You didn't have enough reasons 
to hate Timothy Dalton's character. <laughs> they, they then bring out the, you know, that he is a sadist. Oh God. Yeah. That was yeah, unexpected. Yeah. And, and then, you know, he's got the, he's got the one girl beating the other girl and just, you know, beating her. And finally he gets her to where she's enjoying beating her. And then he makes them switch positions. I mean, I'm like, God, this guy is awful. And it's, it's, on the one hand, it's very amusing, right? Just how terrible he is. And mm. on the other hand, it's that same thing that you have in Yellowstone where he's just, it's not, it's not bad enough that he is capital and greed over everything. It's also that, you know, he has to twirl his mustache. Yeah. You know? And I was I was rather surprised, you know. It's like in the last two episodes of 1923, they discovered that they have that they can show any, boobies. They can show, yeah, they can show <laughs> boobs. They can show anything. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It turned into an HBO uh, HBO show uh, after uh, dark. Those two, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For those last few episodes. Yeah, it was it was real sex with Timothy Dalton. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the 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 beating of the of the naked woman, you know, I was just like, yeah, this is not my thing at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was that was not comfortable at all. <laughs> Watching it with your mom, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought 1923 would be an okay show to watch with mom, but uh, not, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I mean, despite my irritation with the the pace of the storytelling, it's an awfully enjoyable show. Yeah, agreed. And it 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 is. I would say that uh, Yellowstone of the Taylor Sheridan properties is the most preachy. But boy, 1923 leaned into it a couple of times. You know, talking about uh, you know the the rise of retail and selling people things that mm-hmm. they don't really need. And you know the 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 uh, the appliance salesman's well, you don't buy the appliances from us; you rent them. You know, <laughs> I'm like, oh oh dear, here we go. You know, <laughs> and I, just listening to it, it, listening to those words about you know uh what society is doing and how they're making changes coming out of harrison ford's mouth just really bugged me just really bugged me yeah. but it's not nearly as bad as john dutton in yellowstone though because he's just one you know uh he's just one big you know uh, uh philosophy just yeah. ongoing it's just a stream and you're like shut up <laughs> But hey, you know, I mean, Harrison Ford remembered he could act in the in last the half, half of the season. Yeah. yeah, in the last half of the season. So I appreciated that. Well, and I appreciate that Helen Mirren was doing wonderful things all the way through. Yeah, all the way through. Yeah. And Spencer, I think Spencer's going to be the run because that's his I, name. I don't know what his real name is. Yeah, I like. I, I really like that character, uh, and I like his wife too. She didn't. She doesn't bug me at all. Yeah. No. You know. But anywho, uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next season, whenever that's going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as I know, they haven't started filming it. Well, I think so you got to hurry when your cast is as old as that one is. Yeah, yeah. And you're speaking not wrong. speaking of old casts, I heard uh, Jonathan Frake say something last week that you know made me sit up and take notice. He made the comment that everybody in the next gen cast, other than Lavar Burton, are seventy years or older. Whoa! And I went, holy crap! <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He looks good for his age. He does. He does. And I was taken aback by that. It makes sense, but I was taken aback by that. Yeah. That'll hit you. Yeah. Whew. You know, it, it, you know Paramount needs to uh, 
speaking of getting things before the cast gets too old, I was reading Chris Pine had an interview um, earlier this week. You know, he's promoting his upcoming Dungeons and Dragons movie. That looks good. It does look good. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I thought it was going to be stupid, but it looks really good. Yeah. 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 That trailer um, is awesome. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's as good as it looks. You know, it kind of seems like Guardians of the Galaxy fantasy style. Yeah, and I'm down Um, with that. Yeah, same here. But you know, they asked him about Star Trek. You know, they're like, "Hey, what's going on?" He's like, "Ah, you know, I don't know." I'm. I'm, He's like, "I really want to get back to it." And then he says, "I think it's cursed." He says, "I feel like the franchise is cursed, though." Uh, Between Anton Yelchin, you know, um, you know his passing and, and all that, and I think it's. They just cannot seem to figure out how to make a fourth Star Trek movie. And it's, it's you know, and it, you can tell he's he's feeling pretty discouraged about it. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I think the cast would be more than willing to come back. Now, obviously, I think there were some issues with him specifically, which he didn't mention the last time they had. Uh, yeah. yeah, I heard that a script it was, on hand was uh, like a, I think, a money thing. Yeah, it was Chris Pine had a money thing and so did um, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, because they wanted to bring Hemsworth back to play his father. And, you know, they were both like, well, we get paid a certain amount of money for film now. And I'm right there. You know, I I, I actually agree with them in that context that, you know, Paramount's looking to make money on this. There's money to spend. These guys get paid a rate, you know. And, you know, if you don't want to pay them on the upfront, pay them on the back end, you know, if they're comfortable with that. But you got to pay them. Yeah. You know, you're the ones that created this cast. This is your problem to solve. Especially if you cannot, if, especially if you literally can't proceed without that actor. Yep. Because clearly you can't. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully they, I wouldn't mind seeing at least one more adventure. I think at this point you got to wrap it up because. Yeah. It it's getting, long. it's getting harder and harder to get them together. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I think you do have to just figure out a way to, to hand off the baton and quite frankly, Star Trek, you know, what was that? 2009? Yep. So now we're we're 14 years removed. Yep. I mean, that's longer than it, than the entire span of the next generation. Yeah. Movie franchise. Yep. You know, and TV franchise. Yeah. Um, you know, so I I do think it's it's probably time to call it, but I wouldn't mind one more. Yeah. Well, I, and you know, the thing is, is don't get them back together if you don't have a story to tell. Yeah. Um, and so first, I would say check your script. And make sure you've got somebody writing it who understands Star Trek and understands these characters. I mean, they there have been any number of stories of people with really good ideas that, you know, Paramount didn't move forward with their scripts. And, you know, there was a good script out there for Star Trek Beyond, but that's not the movie they made. You know, no. they, they made this thing that's it, that has a great opening scene. Um, you know, that cold open for uh, mm-hmm. for uh, Beyond is fantastic. But the rest of it stinks. And, you know, again, don't hire an actor like Idris Elba if you're going to cover him up in makeup the whole time. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll never understand why they why spend the money on an Idris Elba if you're not going to let him be Idris Elba. And how much more cool would that villain have been if you could have seen his face? Yeah. You know, I'd much rather look at Idris Elba than that guy. And how many times am I going to say Idris Elba today? I don't know. I feel like I should, I should have some shots lined up in front of me for this. Well, Paul, yes. do you want to get in to 17 seconds? <laughs> Are you flirting with me, Aaron? <laughs> 17 seconds in heaven, Paul. That's what it is. That's about as long as I can go. <laughs> <laughs> We're old. <laughs> uh, oh. 
So, yeah, so, you know, the newest episode of Star Trek Picard, directed by Mr. Jonathan Frakes. Yeah, you know, episode three and four, so next week's uh, episode uh, will also be directed by one Mr. Jonathan Frakes. Uh, I gotta tell you, you know, I was not, if you'll recall, I was not altogether wild about episode two. Yes. Uh, But I gotta tell you, episode three rocked. I hope that things happened, right? Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on. Um, and you know, and, and I hadn't been watching, I think I was watching the, uh, previously on Star Trek Picard when I was like, oh, we got her name wrong, didn't we? Uh, cause I was calling her Vladic, uh, last episode and her name is actually Vadic. Oh, I prefer, yeah, yeah. I prefer my pronunciation because yeah. it suggests that she's descended from Vlad the Impaler. I mean, I would, <laughs> maybe... That's yet to be revealed. <laughs> exactly. Well, and that's what those big spikes are on that on that ship of hers, the Shrike. And she the impales shrike. people with them. Done. Yeah. We could have written this ourselves. That's right. That's right. But yeah, uh, I, I I rather enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed. I particularly enjoyed when Captain Shaw got injured and he threw command of the ship over to Riker. Yeah, I like that too. Who immediately changes his tune. I mean, you know, Riker is all, you know, you got to attack this guy. You got to you, you got to go into him. And then, you know, he gets the, the reins of command and he's like, we got to get out of here. We can't be here any longer. We got to get. Well, and I love that. Like, they, they're, they've been standing on the bridge, right? They've been arguing. This it, this ship has been there. Um, you know, the Shrike has been there. They've been confronted by the Shrike. But it's only until after Riker is given command of the ship that he's like, Shoot a four-ton torpedo and then, you know, blast it. And the blast can get and help us get away. I'm like, you could have come up with that before Shaw got injured. (laughs) (laughs) But you waited. You waited until Shaw was incapacitated to actually be a good captain. That's right. You knew he was fragile. (laughs) (laughs) To be helpful, you waited. Um, But, yeah, you know, and that was – I loved seeing – and, of course, that's the – you know, you, you see Riker up there, you see Picard up there, and he's yelling at LaForge, even though it's not the LaForge we know. You got Beverly Crusher out there, you know, in, in sick bay. It, 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 it was nice and warmy, warmy in my heart. Yeah, it was good. It was, I, I really, I very much enjoyed the episode. Um, I really enjoyed the scene between Beverly and Jean-Luc where she's explaining why she never told him. Yeah. You know, about, you know, his his little boy child. And you know, I was initially kind of had my back up against it cuz her whole comment that, you know, I could protect him, you know, as a mother I could protect him, but I couldn't protect him from your enemies. Mm-hmm. And there was a part of me that's like, "Now come on. He's not Captain Picard's not Batman. You know, he doesn't have he doesn't have that those kind of enemies." And and I was like, "Well, yeah, I guess he does. I mean, you know, there's Shenzon from Nemesis. Mm-hmm. You know, there, you know, a whole government created a clone of Jean Luc <laughs> to, you know, to undermine him. But you know, there was also the uh, his Ferengi enemy who made a man look like Jean Luc's son so that he could say, "Hey, this is your son," and look, and DNA testing is right, and then murder him. You know, yeah. Uh, so yeah, he does have those kinds of enemies. I mean, there's literally Q. Right. 
Yeah, you know, and the, the Borg has come for him, you know, uh, time and again. So, yeah, I guess it is a little bit more personal. Because my, my, my initial objection was, come on, no, things aren't that personal, you know, but they kind of are. So I, yep. I thought that was a fair comment on her part. Uh, and But, you know, obviously his outrage is fair as well. You know, he never had the chance to be a father, even though he had said to her many times that he never wanted kids. Uh, you know, we know that, you know... Uh, people's perspective changes when the when that's laid out in front of them. Yeah, you know, I um, <clears throat> I thought that was a very well done conversation. Oh God, them, because I thought, I thought it was really well written, really yeah, really yeah. well directed and acted. Yeah, and because they both had fair points, and yes. I think that's the thing. You know, someone's usually wrong in these conversations, mm-hmm. um, and it's outright wrong. Like, ah, oh, John Luke, you're an asshole, or you know, no, no, Beverly's wrong. No, no, they they both they were both had good points, but they were both wrong in the situation. Yeah, right? agreed. They were both wrong. And so that, that is one thing I appreciated was the maturity in which that, yeah. that moment was handled um, immediately undone by the fact that uh, Picard basically just sh- snuffs um, or whatever. It turns his nose up at Jack oh, as yeah. soon as he sees him again. He's like, I won't be talking yeah, to you. Yeah. Cold shoulders him hard, <laughs> hard. Yeah. I was like, Ooh, then, that's a little ugly. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but that's after he's found out that Jack knew about him, mm-hmm. and then but still didn't want to meet him. Yeah. So, but you know that that's they, they, they I don't want to say they reconcile, but Picard figures out the error of his ways before the end of the episode because Riker has has a moment with him, Riker having lost a son of his own. Right. And, you know, it which talks is where, where the title "17 Seconds" comes from, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in that it's that 17 seconds that it took for Riker to get from the bridge down to sick bay when Deanna was giving birth, and he was afraid that there was a problem in the birth, and they said you need to get down here. And he was that 17 seconds. He was afraid that he would have missed his son, that his son would have died before he got there. And of course, his son was fine for a while, for a while, and, and then got sick <clears throat> much later on. Uh, and, 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 and which is detailed, you know, the the uh, origins of his sickness is detailed in one of the uh, Star Trek novels, one of the newer Star Trek novels. Oh, really? It's OK. Called, yeah. And it's actually not a bad book. Hmm. I forget what it's called, but it's not a bad book. I think it's called Titan or something like that. Hmm. OK. Yeah. yeah. So that was I mean, I, so that I, I think for me was was definitely one of the highlights of the episode. However, Aaron, there were a couple of highlights of this episode. This uh, before we get into the revelation um, towards the end of the episode, I do want to comment on Raffi and Worf. Okay. Because I've been very hard on Raffi. Yeah. And I will continue to be hard <laughs> on Raffi. However, the injection of Worf into Raffi's storyline. Oh, much, it, much more so entertaining. Much, it's so much more entertaining and palatable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't hate it. You know, every time she comes on the screen, because you know you've got you've got that you know gigantic uh, Klingon standing next to her that that I'm just super interested in. No, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm I'm here for it. Uh, hopefully, Rafi is uh, somehow murdered at some point. <laughs> Worf brings up the real estate in that storyline. Yeah, so, he but, sure does. much like Riker has brought up the real estate in this show in general. Yeah, um, you know, it, 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 the the injection of these seventy year old people has brought new life into the show. <laughs> Um, but no, I thought Worf, you know, he, he's, you know, cause we, we, we didn't really in the last episode, you know, we, we only saw him briefly and we got an actual interaction with him, you know, knowing that he's, he's working on himself. He's yeah. working on, on being, you know, a better, a better person. And drinking chamomile tea, Cam- chamomile tea. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, you need some tea instead of that blood wine or prune juice. You know, he's uh, he's drinking the chamomile tea. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I'm I'm eager to see when these threads join together because you know we've only got another seven episodes. And I'd like to I'd like to see him reunited with the crew. Speaking of which, I'd like the rest of the crew to show up. Um, you know, like like Jordy, like uh, Deanna. I'd I like feel to- like Jordy's going to pop up in the next episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like someone else will come in in this next episode um, because you know at the end of this episode, this the Titan needs saving, right. so someone's got to save it. So uh, this is one of those things that I'm sure is going to get answered for us. But Vadic, in command of the Shrike, knew a lot about Captain Shaw, knew a lot about Admiral Picard, um, appeared to have a lot of information about this ship. And she is really focused on pushing it into the gravity well within the nebula. It just seems all very, you know, pre-orchestrated, mm-hmm. you know. And what I find weird about that is that, you know, even Captain Shaw didn't know they were coming there. So how much time did she have to prepare for this? It just seems seems weird to me. Yeah. Well, like you said, I feel like uh, we will we will get more of that. Mm-hmm. We, we'll get some type of answer, um, you know, in the next episode. Yeah. But Aaron, the big revelation. Well, so we I feel like, well, well, I'll get to there. But the big revelation is that there are shapeshifters Ugh. involved here. Yeah. And references to the Dominion War abound. I gotta tell you, I about giggled when that happened. <laughs> I was I wasn't expecting it, honestly. Yeah. Well, in fact, I didn't. You know, when the guy fights uh, Jack, I didn't catch that it was a shapeshifter. In fact, knowing that Lore is in this season, I thought maybe it was Lore wearing some kind of disguise because he had the super strength that an android has. Um, and so I was, when they revealed that it was the changeling later on, I was like, Oh, that's fucking cool. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I find it interesting, the injection of, of so much DS nine, um, you know, story because ultimately Picard really didn't have anything to do with the dominion war. Right. Uh, not in, certainly not on TV. He did in the novels, but not yeah. on TV. But uh, you know, they uh, Terry Metalis, showrunner Terry Metalis, has said that they have not revealed all of the um, you know legacy characters that will be showing up. Mm-hmm. I am certain we're going to get some Deep Space Nine people, and that's where this leaves me. Right? I'm kind of feeling like, hmm, you know, now I'm feeling like there may be an injection of DS9 characters coming as well. Um, not the least of which, you know, we we know Vatic, we know the we know um, you know the, the potential of the Dominion, you know, the shapeshifters, you know, um, connection. But there's still very much reference to that. There is still a big bad out there that we don't know. Right. And I don't know if that's lore. If it's lore, feels like a bit of a letdown because we already know know he's in the show. Right. But I feel like it it can't be lore. Right. It's got to be someone bigger. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, we know Moriarty's coming. Right. Because we've seen that in the clubs. Uh, Yeah. I figure there's got to be at least if there is not an additional big bad, there is there is some reasoning behind Vatic that will, I think will be made to understand. Um, and I got to say, I'm going to be surprised if we don't see Nana visitor in this season. Uh, and I would, lo- yeah, I, if we could also get 
either Colomini or uh, uh, Sadig Alexander. Oh man, please! I, I, I would, I, and preferably both, but I will take yeah. one or the other. Um, God, Orn Armin Shimmerman, just give me the entire Deep Space Nine cast. <laughs> you know what? Just give me a DS9 back. Just, that's just right. get rid of this book. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's no reason not to. You know, I agree. Because they're all still working. You know, mm-hmm. I'd I'd love to see them. You know, obviously, some are younger than seventy. Not yeah, all. exactly, exactly. Well, and you know, I I follow Nana Visitor on on Instagram, and she looks great. You know, <laughs> she looks great. That you know, it's that that whole dancer thing. You know, she mm-hmm. she's got like you know, zero uh, percent body fat, <laughs> and <laughs> just looks great. Um, but yeah, Worf mentions in this episode that a trusted friend. Uh, gave him the information about the changelings. And you know that that's a reference to Odo, who played by Rene Bergenois, yeah. who has since passed away. And, uh, you know, Paul Paul and I met him, and I found him to be a delightful, charming man. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I just giggled. I love Deep Space Nine so much, and I just finished my Deep Space Nine rewatch. Um, I, I, I dug it, and I'm uh, very excited about the possibilities of bringing in some Deep Space Nine characters. I mean, even just for a cameo. Yeah, there's got to be something, right? There's too much. This is far too connected and too many references to DS9 for it not to have something. And there are so many comments like the story could be going forward. I mean, that you know, people in the production of the show, Terry Metalis, for instance, are talking about, you know, what comes after. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Jonathan Frakes has said some things. Uh, Patrick Stewart has said some things. Now, all very cryptic, but it suggests to me that they're setting a table for you know future shows in this space, and I'm excited about that. I mean, you could bring Jake, Jake, Jake Cisco in as a member of yeah. the crew, right? Yeah. Well, at this point, he's probably old enough. Well, he's to gonna be look like Tony Todd, right? So. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but Tony Todd's a little Tony Todd's a little uh <laughs> a little long in the tooth right now. Yeah, but he's going to look just like Tony Todd because you know Tony Todd p- played future Jake. So he did. Tony That's Todd right. can play him. So, yeah. Make it happen. Yeah. We can write this. That's going to be my motto this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I very much enjoyed uh, this episode. I I you know, it's one of those things I was like, you know, the pacing of this the pacing of episode two really bothered me, but I think it bookended by one and three. You have viewed like that. I don't think it would bother me at all. Yeah. You know, it's oh, that I still, I mean, you know, I'm still on my kick. I of, know uh, you are. I know you are. It, you know, you're still could, like, Hey, could have been a two and a half hour movie. Cut out all yeah. this Rafi crap. Could have been yeah. two and a half hours. I'm still, I'm still holding true to it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's awfully good. And I got to tell you, I'm loving the ship effects. Um, I got to tell you that Titan design is gorgeous. It is. I think they really, they really hit a strong note in that. So no, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with it. So looking forward to episode four. Me too. Well, hey, we want to know what you thought about all 17 of these seconds. Give us a call, 682-800-3494. That number, once again, 682-300-8494. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. You can also hit us up on social media, IOMGeek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. What a deal. Well, you know, here we are, you know, three episodes into into the show. We are four episodes into Star Trek with Aaron and Polly this season. I tell you what, nothing can go wrong here, Paul. It's on cruise control. You just jinxed it. We're doing warp (laughs) 9.999. You just jinxed it. Warp 11. (laughs) All right, guys, we'll do it next time. 
Catch you then. Star Trek with Aaron and Polly is a production of IOMGeek.com. Have a question or comment? Hailing frequencies are open at 682-800-3494. Tribble wrangling provided by Triskelion Trays. No troublesome tribbles. Mr. Aponte's wardrobe provided courtesy of Garrick's Clothiers, conveniently located on the promenade.